Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 329 for May 31st, 2021. Today's guest is musician Edward Button, who is a member of the renowned British a cappella vocal ensemble, The King's Singers. We'll be talking about the history of this 40-plus-year-old ensemble and their efforts to champion music as a way to find musical and social harmony in the world. I love that. Like, And the conversation was really, really great. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. I, by the way, am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for well over 15 years, nearly 16. It'll be 16 in July. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or you can just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron or email mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello, welcome to the podcast. It's been a few weeks um, for good reason. Like, ah, it's really interesting. I don't want to go too crazy on this topic, but um, I worked with a mentor at Soundfly. You should check out Soundfly, by the way, especially if you're a fellow musician. I worked with Ian Temple as a mentor for a four-week session that actually kind of got, well, it was about five weeks. Um, and my goal was to get more on top of and have some accountability for publishing things. And the interesting thing that happened, and kind of a beautiful, really cool thing, is that instead of that happening immediately, I wound up like digging into some whys, why, W-H-Y-S, not W-I-S-E, and um, started investigating like what's important, why I do the stuff that I do, and it was really cool. <laughs> so I don't even know how to put it in a way different than that. So what it sort of did was um, led me to kind of stop creating stuff and instead start thinking about why I'm doing these things and how they fit into my core values, which I've been working on too. Does anybody else have this? Do you have like core values written down or that you just kind of keep in mind as you go about your life? This could be like business-wise, um, career-wise, creativity-wise, uh, relationships, all these different things. It has been really interesting to think about my core values as a way of keeping things going, like uh, how they apply to this podcast, which goes into my core value of building and being a part of communities, but also, you know, things that were keeping me from doing creative work, um, like having weird, nonstop, pointless arguments with people on Facebook posts. <laughs> So it's been really, really interesting to unpack a lot of this stuff, both as a way of like uh, shedding off habits and picking up new habits. So I'm actually curious if you are someone who has core values like posted, like written down, because I've been writing mine down, I'm writing it down, I'm working on this document to really just have as something to think back and be like, okay, so this thing I'm about to do, does this fit? Uh, so I'm curious, anyone else? Let me know. Send me an email, comment on this podcast, do whatever you like. So that's all I have for a check-in for this week. Um, but I do want to make sure I thank 
my patrons on Patreon before we get to the interview. Uh, these are people who power the Mikey Pod podcast. They subscribe for $5 or more a month to get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines and bonus podcasts. There's nearly 70 of them now that you'll have immediate access to when you subscribe. So if you like this podcast and you want to throw a couple bucks my way, you'll get a bunch more free podcasts. Um, and this week's bonus episode will be an extended conversation with today's guest, Edward Button. We talk a lot about his... Uh, childhood as a musical individual and um and what it was like you know growing up being uh, an artist so um you'll want to hear that and you'll want to hear this let's get right into our interview with um edward button thanks for listening Joining me now on the podcast is Eddie Button, who is uh, joining me from England. He's a member of the King Singers, which I've just discovered. So much history about and so many wonderful things they do with their foundation. Welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Thank you so much, Michael. It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm super happy to talk to you. And I want to just throw out there for the podcast listeners, Eddie has patiently waited for through three false starts of this interview. <laughs> so thank you for that as well. Um, so can you give me a little rundown about uh, who the King Singers are? Yeah, so we're an a cappella group and there's six of us um, and we have two countertenors, a tenor, two baritones and a bass. And we've been going since the 1st of May, 1968. But um, I'm not that old. I've only been in the group since um, the 1st of January 2019. Um, and we tour the world singing um, music to concert halls all over. We do about 120 concerts a year. Um, we also do education and we do recordings. Um, and there's only ever been 28 of us to stand um, in the lineup, um, which is quite a low number, actually. Lots of groups have quite a large turnover, but people tend to stay in the King Singers for a long, long time. And we really pride ourselves in the precision of our music. So we really focus on the minute detail of pronunciation, tonality, um, tuning um, and, and everything, really. Um, our articulation and blend and balance and everything. And that's what makes being in the group such an exciting thing, because we're always working um, at the highest level we can. Um, it's just a wonderful experience being in that lineup. Uh, the thing I want to sort of underline that you said, because I read this, but it didn't register for me until you said it there mm. in, the, in the entire 52 years or so of yeah. the existence of the King singers, there've only been 28 members in this six member ensemble, which is yeah. really like when you, the math, I'm not going to do the math on that, but that's like <laughs> a long time that people stay member of this group. Yeah. Um, and it's, People tend to stay on average, I think, 10 to 15 years. The shortest serving member is five years and the longest serving is 26 years. Mm. And there were quite a few that were around 24, 25, I think. So, yeah, people do stay a long time. And that's what I think is such a wonderful experience is that we really can pass this knowledge of how to sing in the King Singer style because we do have a signature sound. And it's a great compliment when people sort of say to us, yeah, the sound is so fresh and wonderful, but I can really still hear the King Singer signature in there. That's such a wonderful thing. And that can only happen when you're working with only the same group of five colleagues that, you know, all the time. Um, and it means we can focus on that detail and we can, you know, um, understand each other and know the limits of our voices. Um, and what is such a, a thrill being in the group is actually that the limits of my voice are far greater than I thought than I knew they were before. Having sung at Her Majesty's Chapel Royal at Hampton Court Palace before this, which is a sort of absolutely incredible building with incredible history and wonderful choir. 
um, to then join the King Singers and realize that actually the huge range that the human voice has from all the different kind of instrumental sounds you can make to all the different languages and all the different sort of cultures that you can get across in, in the sound is just amazing. Mm. I I love acapella music. I study not as extensively as you have, but I'm a musician and I sang a lot in college and high school. Um, right. And um, but recently, over the past few years, there's really been a resurgence in the popularity of acapella groups. Um, yeah. What has that been like for you? Because it's become like a, a bigger, like <laughs> pop feeling type thing yeah. than I ever knew it to be. What, what has that been like for, for you guys? Well, I think we, we are kind of a slight crossover in terms of the acapella we do. So we, we do um, everything from Renaissance music and medieval music even, and chant going back even further, all the way through to covers of pop songs, you know, through jazz and um, spirituals, um, folk songs, all sorts, you know, and, and romantic classical and Baroque music as well. Um, not much romantic music was written for a six-part male group, but we have got some <laughs> repertoire of that in our library. Um, so we've we kind of have have been doing sort of the pop covers for quite a long time. The group, um, in its first few years, did a lot of Beatles um, classics, and so actually the Beatles songs have have been a, a real theme of the King Singers for a long, long, long time. But it's not the only thing we do. And we don't, you know, like the, the modern acapella groups have quite a lot of extra things around them, you know, with dance moves and things like that. We don't tend to do that. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's brilliant that, that acapella music is is being so loved around the world in whatever form it takes. And we're so grateful for that. Um, you know, being one of the groups that's been around for longer than a lot, um, it's lovely to see that the the interest in acapella music is spreading to the, to the modern world as well, you know. Side story that I went to high, I guess I was in high school in the late eighties in, t in small town, Texas and in choir okay. and singing and doing this type of music. So the, the choir crew and the athletes were often, you know, at separate ends, but then <laughs> fast, fast forward to, uh, Oh, well actually it's quite a while ago too, like maybe 15 years ago or so I was accompanying a men's chorus that a high school men's chorus at a contest and there we were coming off of the stage and there were a bunch of these like jock looking guys standing back there. I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And they were like, dude, that was great. They were really like hyped <laughs> about the music. So it's really exciting to me, yeah. like, you know, being having grown up this little gay kid in East Texas to mm. see like all oh, these things that I have always loved and sort of made me. A, a, an outsider in some ways really are becoming yeah. embraced. So it's, it's really cool to, to no, see that I, happening. I think it's great. And like you said about the acapella, um, you know, market now being having so many people, it, it really is getting younger people interested in, in music of all types. And that's one thing we like, we love doing our audiences around the world are actually very young um, in the UK. I hope none of our UK listeners hear this, but um, well, I hope they do because it'd be nice for them to hear your podcast, Michael. But um <laughs> But they, we have our audiences in the UK, and it's generally the case, are quite a lot older. But when we go abroad, we see a lot of youngsters coming into to our to our concerts, and that's such a wonderful thing. And also, what we do, we you know, we do education with them as well. So it, it's great to be able to get that um, to to a wider group. But I, I know what you mean about the, <laughs> the sort of sporty types. <laughs> there was a concert we did in Aarhus in um, Denmark, and exactly the same thing happened to us, <laughs> which was great, absolutely wonderful. The more yeah. the merrier. 
Yeah, of course. It's it's wonderful, but also and the, just so many things as I'm getting older and as I, I hate to say as progressive as I am, but like the there are so many things I'm like, whoa, today the um, president of the United States made a Facebook post about this being Transgender Day of, of Remembrance. Mm. And I w- mm. it was really one of those like, this, it's amazing, but like, I need a minute to like, <laughs> yeah. to adjust to, to how our world is growing, even as it yeah. doesn't. It's so fast, isn't it? Everything moving is everything is moving so, so fast these days. Um, I totally know what you mean. I remember when um, gay marriage was um, sort of made possible in this country. And I, I, a few months afterwards, I thought back and I was like, that's actually massive. Like, it's a really, and, you know, for years, you know, you, you thought that wasn't possible. And then, mm. and then suddenly it is. It's just completely different. And it just suddenly seemed to spring out of nowhere almost. So the King Singers Foundation is a whole, it's part of the organization, but it's another leg or branch of what you all do. And yeah. within that, there's a ton of branches as well. Can, yeah. can you talk a little bit about, like, there's a um, something from the description of the foundation. It seeks to champion music as a way to find musical and social harmony in the world, which is all about, like, what I like to talk about in this podcast, how art and music yeah. and, you know, all these things bring each bring people together and educate each other. Um, so I love that aspect of, of what you do. I know it's a big question, but tell me about that. <laughs> well, the foundation is very close to my heart, particularly. I, I work very closely with our trustees. Um, in the group, we all have jobs that we do as well as the singing. Um, most, of course, mostly what we do is the singing, but we have jobs on the side. And one of mine is is to, to, to be sort of um, the, the main point man with foundation and it is an incredible organization we are so so lucky to have that as part of what we do um we have a set of trustees that are so supportive of what we want to do um and they allow us to really really bring some amazing benefit and i think i speak on behalf of all my colleagues when i say that um the work we do charitably is some of the most rewarding we do um i remember the foundation isn't that old in the uk it's been going for quite a long time, but we opened up a, a 501c3 in America, which is the King Singers Global Foundation. It's, it's the same organization, but we have two branches in the UK and the US. That is quite new. Um, and we recently have really gained momentum with it. I think it was my first tour. We were we went down to Shreveport in Louisiana and um, we were singing and doing a concert that was actually for free for the, the members of the, the, the Shreveport community. It's an amazing experience. But we, we, the foundation, through our Right Time, Right Place project, which is where we um, kind of partner with, with schools usually, um, when we are near them on tour, and they usually come to where we're performing or we go to them, and the foundation pays for the transport for them to get to us, which sometimes can be more expensive than you might think. Mm-hmm. And also um, it pays for tickets for them to come to our concerts. And this concert in Shreveport, we did um, a workshop with a group um, whose director was a really great friend of, of, of the King Singers and has been for many, many years. And some of his students had never even left the town, let alone the state. And suddenly our, our foundation was paying for the, a big coach to come, go across the state lines to Shreveport. And we did a workshop with them and they came to our concert and it was incredible seeing these people like lighten up to the music they're obviously all musical people um 
at seeing them getting the chance to meet us and get really passionate about this stuff, it was absolutely incredible. And there's somewhere on our Facebook, there's actually a little sort of mini documentary video we made, it's only a couple of minutes long, of some of the sort of um, the, the, the things we did on that day. But since then, it's it's really grown into lots of other areas. Um, the charity actually commissions music um, so that we can get new music out there into the world. And our, our album, Finding Harmony, which sadly was meant to also be a project that we toured, but because of coronavirus, that dreaded word, mm-hmm. um, we haven't been able to. Um, that that was all about music bringing people together in really difficult times throughout history. And we had music on there from the civil rights movement in America, the apartheid regime in um, South Africa. We had Georgian music. We had music from the singing revolution in Estonia with the Soviet occupation. We had music even from the Reformation in England with the Catholics and Protestants, um, you know, the, the turmoil around that. And we really recognised that music has this immense power to bring people together in times of difficulty and in a way our foundation has turned into an ability for us to do that in real time you know Mm -hmm. by by bringing people together from different backgrounds um you know through through our projects to help them you know get closer to each other um and and in divided communities often heal and one of the things that we did was we worked with um, some Finding Harmony ambassadors, which were three groups in based in the UK, um, who who really are doing that. One was a, a group called Soundabout, that um, based in Oxford, and they help people with learning disabilities access better quality of life through music. And then another one was called the Prison Choir Project, which really does what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one was a group called the Mixed Up Chorus. Again, it kind of does what it says on the tin. Um, you know, people from all backgrounds coming together to sing. And um, yeah, our foundation is is such an important part of what we do nowadays. And we, we really, really love it. You know, for the longest time, I've been very uh, in, in, interested in art that serves as activism or, you know, increasing social mm. awareness. But it was just recently, and I don't know if this is a big awakening to anyone else. I think it's just me just shifting my thinking a little bit. It's just been recently that I realized it's not just the music or the, the the plays or the you know whatever the piece of art is that makes the change. It's the the performing of it. It's the act of performing it and doing what you're doing, going places and performing with different people or choosing not to go to various places. You know that are you yeah. know, in terms of boycotting or being boycotted and what that conversation is. It's just really. Um, I, I just it's really just been within the last couple of weeks that it really has sunk in for me in a sort of bigger mm-hmm. way like oh performing art can be a really political act the group hasn't really done that so much but i think there is a place for doing that a bit more you know um and finding harmony was really that we we had to be very careful that we didn't um you know weren't seen to be sort of taking over these very special things to very very specific cultures And so we tried really hard with the project to work with composers and writers from those communities so that the music that we were putting on a pedestal with our with our reach, you know, with our huge global fan base, which we're very, very grateful to have. But that it was like authentic so that we weren't just taking it over and taking advantage of it. Um, And so that was also a really great project to be able to work with with composers from all over the world, you know, Mexico, America, Georgia. Um, I mean, basically every place that we did any music from, Estonia, as I said, the UK, 
um, but also we managed to um, to to work even more in depth with language coaches from those areas, so that we could make sure that we were speaking in the exact pronunciation. So in our recording sessions, when we're when we're singing foreign languages, almost always um, we have a language coach there, and potentially if we don't have that, it might be a language that is more um, known in the group, French and Spanish and mm. uh, you know, Italian are, are all group and German, especially are languages that the group has a very good knowledge of with the various members. Sadly, not me. <laughs> I'm not language <laughs> expert. Um, but we also like take, um, we get people to record, um, you know, audio of the language for us so we can learn it so that we can do it, do the piece justice. It is a tricky balance. And it's interesting to hear your, um, the way you've kind of uh, walked that line between, I don't know if appropriation is the right word, but trying lifting up different communities and different different countries different types yeah. of people without exploiting their work it's it's a it's a delicate balance i'm sure it certainly is and it's one that you know the world like with the kind of the stuff we were talking about world is changing so quickly that's another area where we've got to be to be you know to be really sensitive so you guys have just wrapped up a new project recently yeah yeah absolutely um, so we have just um, finished a really, really exciting project with the foundation again called the King Singers New Music Prize. Um, and it was a competition open to the North American um, people about um, and enabling them to, to write new music. There were four categories and lots of um, different texts, about five different texts to set, one of which was written specially for the composition by um, a wonderful um, friend of ours and, and poet called Tony Silvestri. Um, who's based in America, and we were absolutely flabbergasted, I love that word, to get um, <laughs> over 350 um, new compositions through the comp competition. Um, and in that, I think if you added up all the time they were, that was a whole day's worth of new music that our foundation had created. It was free for people to join, um, that to, to sign up for the competition. Um, and yeah, we, we sadly were meant to be premiering the works live in the Washington National Cathedral um, in February. But, you know, like most of our work over the last year, touring wise, it, it's not been possible, which is which is a real shame. But we did we did an actual um, a, a recording that we put up. Um, I can't remember exactly where it is, but if you go on our website, your, your listeners will be able to, to find it. And we premiered all the works there as well as some others. And we did some of our classic Kingsingers pieces as well. Uh, I'll put for people who are listening, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes at MikeyPod.com so people can find uh, all of those. Their videos. As you... Yeah, a concert as well. A whole concert was up there. I, I'm not sure if you have to pay for it, but um, but it, it's up there somewhere. And there are certainly excerpts of it that people could see. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's uh, I, I, I keep saying this as a musician. It's very exciting to see, like to have that perspective of work being created out of this project you you did. So I would love to keep talking forever, but alas, we cannot. Um, we should wrap this part of our conversation up, um, but we will be having a bonus conversation that'll be up at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, um, where who knows what we'll be talking about, but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Oh, and before we go, can you uh, let us know where's the best place to find King Singers? I think we talked about some of that a little bit, just like social media and that type yeah. of thing. So um, we, we've got our website and you can join our newsletter. Um, we're also on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and also on all the streaming platforms, Apple Music, um, Spotify, YouTube, 
and and others as well. Um, and we'd love to keep in touch. So please, please, um, if you'd like to see more of what we do, and hopefully when we get back to touring, the mad lifestyle that being a King singer is, um, <laughs> um, with the travel that we do, then we'd love to keep in touch. Um, so please do. And more information about the foundation is also on our website, and and there's ways to donate to the the charitable work we do on there as well. Mm, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Michael. It's been an absolute joy. And so we come to the end of another episode of Mikey Pod. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Thanks, Eddie Button, for being my guest on the show this week. And do check out the King Singers, uh, oh, gentle listeners. There'll be some links in the show notes where you could check out uh, their work and all the different various things that they do, which I just feel like I barely scratched the surface of. Uh, if you're a patron, don't forget to check uh, Patreon this week for the bonus podcast with Edward Button and uh, all the other various things that await you in Patreon land. Uh, thanks for listening. Let me know about your core values. Are you doing them? I'd really, really love to hear from you. And right now you might be thinking, ah, I'm not going to buy. He probably gets a lot of emails. I don't. <laughs> And I would really, really love to hear from you. So um, if you're hearing this and the thought crosses your mind to maybe send an email, don't make it a yes, make it a do and uh, send it to me. I'd really love to know your thoughts on this or anything else. Uh, So thanks for listening and I will see you next time.